Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. We have learned that our God is faithful, and we need to see His faithfulness being displayed in one of two ways, and that that depends upon us. If we are obedient and the power of God in our life through the Holy Spirit leads us, He is called the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, and therefore He leads us in truth, and truth submits to the will of God. And therefore, when we walk in truth, when we submit to the will of God, God promises to bless us. This is what we saw in the first installment of this 26th chapter. And then last week in the second installment, we saw that there are consequences, and here this serious consequences of disobeying God's word. We need to acknowledge that. And we need to be individuals that do not want the punishment and the discipline that originates from God, but that we want the rewards and the good pleasure of God that He brings upon us when we are submissive. We should be praying frequently, God, give me that submissive spirit to Your will. Give me power to overcome that sinful nature. Now, as believers, we have liberty, but we still struggle with the fact that we are human beings. Yes, born again. Yes, that old has passed away. Behold, all things are new, but that old man can still rear his head at times. We need to keep him dead, defeated, and out of any influence that he might have in our life. Take out your Bible and look with me to this 26th chapter of the book of Leviticus. We're going to conclude, God willing, this chapter today in this study. And we're going to see that God, even in a more intense way, He warns us of the consequences of sin. Let me say that differently. He warns us of the consequences of disobedience, of rebelliousness, of us choosing our way instead of god's way look with me to chapter 26 the book of leviticus let's begin in verse 27 where he says but if with this now what is this all the things we studied last week meaning all those things that god has warned us about when we disobey when we sin when we live in transgression and iniquity there is a serious consequence from that he began teaching us this last week and he says but if with this you will not hear me now it's very significant the word that he chose when he says if you will not hear me 
because this word for hearing many bibles may say uh, obey me or listen to me this word for hear demands a response the response that god wants us to make so we need to be praying consistently god i'm listening to you and i want to hear from you so that i can respond in the way that you desire because if we don't notice what he says but if with this we will not hear you will not hear me and you walk i would translate this next part against me contrary so ask yourself a question right now and that's this are you walking contrary to god now walk is a lifestyle is your lifestyle those decisions that you make daily are they contrary to the direction that god wants you to go are you walking in opposition against the will of god and we're going to learn there are serious implications for that look again at verse 27 but if with this you will not hear me and when we're not hearing god what's the outcome and you walk against me in that which is contrary what does god say look at verse 28 i will walk against you in hamat what's hamat hamat is the word for hot and in this case it means a hot anger some bibles may translate it fury or wrath so when we walk against god contrary to his instructions we can expect the hot anger of god to be placed upon us i don't want that and hopefully you don't either he says i will walk against you in my fury my anger my hot anger and he says he'll do so contrary meaning this you're not going to accomplish what you want to accomplish in your disobedience in your rebelliousness god's going to set himself (laughs) excuse me against you he also says i will discipline you even i and notice what he says seven meaning seven times concerning your sins now why seven times we talked about this last week the number seven relates to purpose it's a holy number seven relate to holiness and holiness is always found in the purposes of god so when god says i'm going to punish you seven times your sins what he's saying is he's going to punish us to the degree that's going to cause us to embrace his purposes so let me ask you a question when you examine your life and you should do so prayerfully and you should do so in light of the commandments of god when you do that can you answer sincerely honestly yes god i am committed to and i'm living according to your purposes if you're not living to the purposes of god things aren't going to be going well in your life we'll see more examples of that in a moment he says i will discipline you even i seven seven times concerning your sins verse 29 now verse 29 speaks about how our sinfulness let me say it differently how our rebelliousness 
how that impacts the next generation, meaning our children. So one of the motivations for me to stay away from sin is that I love my children. And I understand what the Word of God is saying is this. When I choose sin, when I rebel, when I walk contrary to the instructions of God, it is going to have a severely adverse effect upon my children. My disobedience is going to impact them negatively. So he says, look at verse 29. And you shall devour the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters you will consume. It's that same word for eating. Now, most of the commentators, and there's a reason for this, most of the commentators put this in a context of idolatry. We know something. We know that idol worship among the children of Israel, when they worship a false god called Moloch, they caused their children to pass through fire, meaning they were consumed, they were devoured by fire. And this is how some people understand this verse. And they do so, not because it's just their thought, but proper hermeneutical methodology demands this. Why? Look, if you would, to the next verse, verse 30. What does it talk about? It says, God is speaking, and I will destroy your high places. These high places are places for idolatrous worship. And he says, I will cut down your, and this is a word for, for incense altars. So these incense altars were not the incense altar that was in the holy place or the most holy place, the holy of holies for Yom Kippur. This was pagan incense altars. And God says what the outcome is of idolatry. He says, I will set your carcasses or corpses, whichever you prefer. I will place, how does that mean? Your dead bodies upon the the carcasses or the corpses of your idols. What is he saying here? Well, he's using a word which speaks about something that has reached its end. And this end is being manifested. Now, a good way that we can think of this is by another term in Hebrew, pag tokef. It means that something has expired. And what's there is not good. It's not worthy for anything. It needs to be thrown out. And what God is saying is this. When we engage in idolatry, it is going to take whatever that is good and it's going to make it empty. Just like a, a body without the spirit is dead. And we know that these idols, the word here for idols, represent a, a created thing by man that uh, cannot see, cannot hear, cannot speak, cannot smell, cannot move. It's empty. It has nothing within it that resembles life. And therefore, he's saying, because you worship these empty idols, you also are going to be emptied out of all things. So he says, I will place your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols. And notice this last part. My soul will abhor you. 
verse 31. And I will set your cities, and this is word for for being laid to waste. Now, some of you may know the term korban habayit, meaning the destruction of the temple. It refers to something being laid to waste beyond the, the, the ability to repair it. Now, you might rebuild it, but you're going to rebuild it primarily with new substance, new material, because that which was there is no longer worthy for anything. And he's saying here, look carefully at the text. He says, verse 31, I will set your cities to waste, and I will make desolate your sanctuaries. And of course, since sanctuary is in the plural, it's talking about pagan sanctuaries. And I will not smell your your fragrance of your your offerings. Now, normally this phrase, it's a biblical term for proper worship. And what it's saying is this, even when you worship me properly because of your idolatrous practices at other places, at other times, it is going to have a corrupt, a corrupting influence upon your worship when you come to the temple. When you're in the sanctuary, it makes no difference. God's saying, I'm not going to be part of any worship that you offer me. I'm going to reject it. And when we're living in sin, it affects our worship. God's not going to receive our worship. Remember that. It is foundational in understanding the nature of God. Verse verse 32. And I will destroy the land and, and the enemy that dwells upon it will be astonished. Now, what it's speaking about here is this. The enemy that, that dwells now upon that land is going to be amazed, astonished by what God does in making that land a desolation. This is God. If it's not being used properly, he will act against it. He furthermore says, looking at verse 32, I will destroy the land and your enemies that dwell in it, they will be astonished concerning it, meaning there's an emphasis concerning it its current state verse 33 and you i will scatter among the gentiles among the nations and the sword i will draw out after you the implication is they're going to be a people that is pursued by war the sword i will draw out after you and your land will become a desolation and your cities they will be laid to waste so god doesn't tolerate sin god does not put up with disobedience what's he going to do well because he loves us why does he love us through that covenant israel had a covenant and god loved israel but the difference is their covenant was not an eternal covenant their covenant wasn't a covenant that promised forgiveness that i will remember your sins no more israel in order to find salvation 
and that eternal promise of god of not casting us away but receiving us in the kingdom it's only through the new covenant now the old covenant was good we'll talk about that later on but the new covenant is superior notice what he says verse verse 34 then the land will will delight with its sabbaths now we know we talked about this in chapter 26 in our first lesson we saw how there's what's known as the shemitah that that seventh year when we do not plant we do not harvest the the crops we do nothing we let the land be alone we give it a shabbat a shabbat year now what god is saying is this is my will and if you don't do it i'll bring it about so through this judgment the land this is what he's saying look at verse 34 then as an outcome of this punishment then the land will delight with its sabbaths all the days of the desolation meaning when the land is in desolation it's going to delight and where will the people of israel be and you in the land of your enemies then the land will rest it will have its shabbat and it says it will delight with its sabbaths now we're seeing something here and i can remember teaching this at another location and i asked what does shabbat bring about now some bibles will say not delight but they will say enjoyment which is fine it's a different word but it captures a a basic similar meaning and they could not their mind would just not get it around the fact that shabbat has to do with enjoyment that's what this verse is teaching and it's because they saw shabbat as a burden as an affliction of a restriction that i can't do these things rather than realizing when you acknowledge god's instruction it is going to produce joy for you a delight look again at the text we're in verse verse 35 and all the days of the desolation it says it will rest and it says here for and the implication is what it did not rest on your shop shabbats it will rest concerning it so the land is going to have rest and see something what this verse is teaching us more than any other thing is the futility of disobeying god god says here's my law every seven years the land takes a shabbat and what did the children of israel say well i I can't afford that i i've got to work the land all the time all the years i'm not going to trust you i'm not going to to provide the opportunity by obeying you for you to show your faithfulness your generosity that you are a keeper of your promise nope i'm going to do it my way and what happens the people are frustrated 
because they are going to find that the enemy remember one of the promises was security of the land then you will dwell in the land safely well that's if you obey if you don't the enemy over and over here as a consequence is the enemy you obey the enemy's not in the picture you disobey the enemy comes and it says here because of that enemy because you're in the land of your enemy the land will enjoy its shabbats verse 36 now we're getting into a very significant teaching beginning in verse 36 and the ones among you that remain so they're not all going to be carried into exile they're not all going to be killed he says the ones of you that remain i will bring and notice this next word it is a word of decay that which rottens that which is is not desirable something which is spoiling and he says among you that remain i will bring this decay into your hearts in the land of your enemies and what will happen the sound of a leaf will pursue them and they will will be pursued and they will flee as one flees from the sword and they will fall and no one is pursuing so what it says here is this disobedience to the word of god his statutes his commandments his precepts disobedience to that is going to bring about a paranoia a spiritual paranoia but also a mental paranoia and the sound of a leaf that's not a loud noise is going to cause them to flee they're going to be pursued thinking that they're being pursued from this the sound of a leaf and they're going to flee like they're fleeing from a sword meaning a war when there's no war happening it's just the sound of the leaf and it says look at the end of verse 36 and they will fall and no one is pursuing verse 37 now in verse 37 there is a word the first word in the hebrew text is a word of failure i realize most bibles will translate it stumbling and that's okay it relates to a stumbling stone but you stumble over that stone and you fall there's a degree of failure here and he says look at verse 37 and they will fail a man against his brother as before the sword and there's no one pursuing and there will not be to you and we have the word tikuma tikuma is rising up being able to stand up here's the image we see here the enemy is going to be so strong it will appear as though the enemy is standing upon you you are defeated you are on the ground and his foot is upon your throat that's the image here see the word tikuma relates to resurrection resurrection is victory and what he says here look carefully at this verse verse 37 where it says meaning there will not be victory there will not be a rising up of you before your enemies 
verse 38. Doesn't get any better, it just gets worse. Verse 38. And you shall perish among the nations, meaning among the Gentiles. And the land, the land of your enemies will devour you. But, look at verse 39, that same phrase we came across a little earlier when we looked at verse 36. It says, Veha nisharim bachem, which means the ones among you that will remain. What will happen? They will waste away. Now, it's a different word that we encountered than in verse 36. That word was morech. This is a different word. Yamaku. And this is a word that is very similar. I would suggest to you it is a synonym for wasting away, decaying, rotting away, corruption. And it says here, the ones among you that remain they will waste away in their iniquities in the land of their enemies even because of the iniquities of your fathers or their fathers that were with you they will what they will waste away that word for wasting away decaying deteriorating uh whatever you want to translate it rotting away appears twice and what's going to happen you're not in the land you were cast out of the land you were taken into exile and there in exile you are going to waste away spiritually there's going to be spiritual decay there's going to become a rottenness to the people in exile now that's what's going to happen for the majority of the people verse 40 but god as i said there's hope with god god's nature is not to destroy all of his people but he leaves and hear this he leaves this remnant verse 40 he says but but if you confess now it simply says they will confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers in and this is a word of rebellion this is a word of treachery a word of betrayal in their betrayal which they betrayed me even when they walked against me contrary so god keeps saying this you're walking against me you're walking contrary to the instructions i have given you and we see here what's the proper thing to do confess our iniquity verse 41 even i i will go against them in being contrary and i will bring them into the land of their enemies or then their uncircumcised heart their uncircumcised heart will surrender then it says their iniquities they will receive and this is a word of acknowledgement they're going to to make peace with their iniquities meaning they're going to confess them there's going to be a change and instead of having that heart that's uncircumcised they're going to confess and there's going to be a change a spiritual condition in them if this is the case notice 
that god wants to do that which is good he says verse 42 i will remember and have i not told you many times that that word to remember in the bible usually relates to the covenant the covenant that god makes with his people and no exception here look at verse 42 i will remember my covenant yaakov even my covenant yitzchak and even my covenant abraham i will remember the land i will remember now isn't interesting what is one of the things that we derive from that verse well we see that the patriarchs are mentioned in a reverse order yaakov yitzchak and avraham rather than usually avraham yitzchak and yaakov but what we see here this reserve this order that is reversed this reverse order is looking at it from from the future back some would say from the end times in the end times god is going to act he is going to punish his people it will be the worst time for israel but god is going to remember the patriarchs what was unique about the patriarchs god spoke to them they heard the word of god and they believed it they did believe it perfectly well there were times that they stumbled that they fell but the patriarchs are known for their faith and the patriarchs were pursuing the promises of god what type of promises his covenantal promises and again very very big in verse 42 we see a connection between the covenant those promises those good things that god has promised to do and what the land so many times people if you're not trained in how to understand the scripture you miss out where it says i will remember my covenant jacob my covenant yitzchak even my covenant abraham i will remember and then he says and the land i will remember there's a relationship between god's covenantal promises and the land that's what this verse is teaching verse 43 the land will be abandoned by them meaning they're going into exile and then it says then this is the implication it will enjoy or delight with its sabbaths in notice what he says in their desolation meaning they're going through a time of desolation but the land is going to be what the land is going to be enjoying its sabbath and they what are they going to do they are going to acknowledge they're going to be reconciled with what their iniquity meaning they're going to acknowledge their iniquity because in my statutes or literally judgments it says they have uh, loath and my statutes their souls have abhorred that was their spiritual condition they they loathed and they they abhorred the judgments and the statutes of god his laws but god's going to bring a change he says verse 44 but but even also this when they were in the land of their enemies they did not notice he says i will not literally i will not loathe them 
nor will I abhor them to their end. Now, this is where we see that God is not going to allow his people to be utterly destroyed. God is saying something. I want to get this right. Look again at verse 44. Even also this, meaning also in this, how they behave, what they did in abhorring and loathing my judgments and my my laws. He says, even in this, he says, them being in the land of their enemies, he says, I will not, not uh, uh, loathe them, and I will not abhor them to their end, bringing in. And it's literally, I have not. This is not what God is about. So if we translate it literally, it says, I have not loathed them, and I have not abhorred them to their conclusion, their end that I should annul my covenant with them. Why doesn't God do that? Because I am the Lord, their God. Verse 45. Instead of abhorring and loathing them and and annulling his covenant, what is he going to do? I will remember them and my first covenant when I brought them out from the land of Egypt before the eyes of the nations the world witnessed the exodus from egypt god affirmed these people in a covenantal relationship with him and he's not going to go back on that why to be for them for god i am the lord it is god's nature to remember his promises and to act in the end that a remnant will receive the benefit of them And why is that important? Is it just for the Jewish people's sake? No. God's covenantal promise is for God to use Israel to bring blessings to all the families of the earth. That's his desire. Will all the families receive it? No. But there will be a remnant of every nation, every people, every language, and every uh, country. So he says, look at the last verse. These are the statutes the judgments and the laws which the lord gave between himself and between the is the children of israel on mount sinai in the hand of moses now you can't read this and not conclude that there is a future fulfillment god gave these things at mount sinai And God is going to remain faithful and bring about for a remnant the fulfillment of them, those promises that he made at Mount Sinai. Very important promises that we see in the Torah for the children of Israel. God is going to keep them. Realize that. They are going to become a reality. Let me just read this last verse again because it's such a good verse. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 46, he says, these, we can translate the word hukim as statutes or laws. These are the statutes and the judgments and the laws. Here the word law is Torot, from the word Torah, which the Lord set between himself and between the Israel, children of Israel, on the mountain of Sinai through 
through the hand of Moses. It says, Beyad Moshe, it could be understood under the authority of Moses. There is a future fulfillment of these Mount Sinai promises. The sad thing is that most of the church dis- disinvows what God says. They think that God has cast off the people. There's one individual who says, you know, it's only through Messiah. Well, God is going to bring a remnant of his people to Messiah. Believe that. Don't take the position because right now, the vast majority of Jewish people have not believed in Messiah, that they are a covenant breaking and they have been forgotten by God and that they are going to have no hope. God is going to bring a remnant to the fulfillment of what he promised Moses in the law of Moses. Believe that. Realize that God will indeed remember those things and bring them into fulfillment. I'll close with that. Until next week, shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.